The first reading is taken from the prophet Jeremiah, the 17th chapter, beginning with the fifth verse. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He's like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, who trusts is the Lord. He's like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream, for it leaves and remains green and is not anxious in the year of the drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. This is the word of the Lord. Second reading is taken from Paul's letter to the Christians in Corinth, the 15th chapter. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with the crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for the power came out from him and healed them all. He lifted up his eyes to his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. I got your back. That woke you up, didn't it? 
How many times have you perhaps had someone say to you, I got your back. Don't worry about it. I got your back. You can trust me. Everything's cool. No problem. Right? Right. Not a problem. And then all of a sudden, what goes around comes around. You find out that they didn't have your back. That they broke your word. That they did something that you know you asked them not to do. So they didn't have your back. And so now, the trust that you had in them is gone. It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. So now that trust kind of has to be rebuilt over time. And sometimes that trust can be rebuilt over time. And it takes a long time. Well, you know, Jeremiah the prophet, around 600 B.C., for 41 years, 41 years, now he was a young dude, but for 41 years, he was there to speak to Judah. I mean, he, right after the Babylonians had destroyed Jerusalem, everything was gone. They were in captivity. Things were not good. Zedekiah watched uh, his three sons executed, and then his eyes were taken out, and he died a terrible death. All of this was going but he could care less about God. He could care less about Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of armies and hosts. He didn't care. He didn't trust him. And the people at that time... Judah, they weren't trusting the Lord either. They really, well, they were powerless. And those who uh, really uh, believe that, that, you know, they're powerless, the gospel means nothing to them in the face of the Lord. They loved themselves. Their hearts were deceitful. And just as it says in the text here, well, they, they enjoyed the world's offerings more than they enjoyed the offering of God's grace. Yahweh, Lord, his personal name, was not their refuge and strength. Their refuge and strength is himself. This was kind of, you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Come on, get on. You got your own dog and pony show. You can do this. Don't worry about a thing. You got it made. It's all there. And so how does Jeremiah deal with this? He paints a couple of pictures, and they're pretty straightforward. This isn't, I hate to say rocket scientists, because I know we don't have any engineers in here that are rocket scientists. But he gives this kind of a two-Kodak moment sort of a thing. And that's kind of what he's trying to tell us. If you continue to reject the word of the Lord, you're going to be just like a bramble bush. Now, if you've been down south, and you've seen some of this on TV, these bramble bushes that roll around dust storms. And they just roll and they roll and it's dry and, and everything is not good. Everything is parched. And that's exactly what's going up because they were really hung up on themselves. They were really hung up on themselves. They continued to live their sinful life and they could care less. It was kind of like what some people do today. Well... It's pretty common and obvious today in this world that people sort of, when you talk about Jesus Christ, who's the way, the truth, and the life, because everything is about the incarnation. Everything about human life and what it means is about the incarnation, because he became just like one of us. And what did the people of Judah say? And what do the people say today? They go, to you, Jesus. They don't care about him. I read about, well, the membership in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Sinners, I mean, Synod is going down. Membership in the Catholic Church is going down. And in other denominations, they're going down. 
They're all, you know, because people, well, they're consumed in themselves and all of the stuff that's going on around them. So cursed is the man, he says, who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. That's the strength. He's just like a shrub in the desert. He's going to be tossed to and fro by every whim of doctrine that's out there, everything that they love, because they're going to decide what is meat right and beneficial, and so they will dwell in the parched places of the desert and in the uninhabited salt land, which, of course, in the very end, when the Lord comes to judge the living and the dead, that is the prison of hell, where there is no escape. So even though our sinful lives, and those, of course, at Judah at the time, and we too, in our sinful life, were just like the bramble bushes. We get consumed. I can tell you about that with myself. I know Pastor Miller has. He's talked about this. Where we just kind of get tossed to and fro by that stinking breath of Satan's temptations, we are ignoring the Lord. We love to sit around the campfire of Satan we love to do what he says to do because we know. Well, I'm a card-carried member of St. James Lutheran Church in Glen Carbon, Illinois. I go to church on Sunday and I get my sins forgiven. And then on Monday, I can just do what I want to do. Been there, done that. That's how we approach Yahweh. That's how we approach the Lord. Rather than to know that he has grafted us now, I studied a lot of science and a lot of biology in my lifetime, and I know we have some here that have done the same thing. But there is always a grafting that happens between branches and stuff. And he has grafted us unto himself. He has grafted us unto himself through baptism and in faith and in Jesus Christ. That's what he has done. Therefore, that's why he says, Jeremiah says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious about the year of the drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. This is trust. That is a trustworthy statement. And this really is no choice, for we know that we didn't choose God he chose us. And so, yes, we choose to depart from the word of the Lord every day. And every day the Lord brings us back through water, word, and faith that holds to his words and his promises. And just like in Judah's time and in this whole world, this kind of topsy-turvy world we live in, some people call it a new progressive culture. And then when I saw the Post-Dispatch a couple of days ago, I guess it was yesterday morning, where it said, I guess these judges say that the culture has changed. Well, duh. Yeah, it has changed in a lot of different ways in terms of technology and biotech. A lot of different ways, a lot of good blessings that God has given to us. But a lot of us still kind of suffer from the Fonzie complex. Now, you younger ones may not know who Henry Winkler is from Happy Days, the Fonz, where he would go into his office, which happened to be the bathroom of the restaurant, and he would kind of look in the mirror, he'd kind of pull out his comb, and he'd go, hey, uh, I can't improve on what already is here. And that's the way a lot of us are. 
I know that's the way a lot of Bob Weiss was when he was growing up and doing whatever he was doing. And for the younger ones who are here, this is really a very challenging world for the younger ones who are here. With five daughters and eight grandkids and a couple more coming on the way, it's a challenging world. You have a lot of technology in front of you. But what you have in front of you are your God-given parents, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, that are in Christ with you, that have not forsaken you, that are with you, that teach you that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, I suppose if you ask some of the younger ones who are here, and you say, who's Jesus? They wouldn't spend 15 or 20 minutes like preachers do. Say, well, he died for my sins, and he rose. The life of a child. And all of this, all of this is in front of younger people. I know what it's like with at least five grandchildren who are teenagers. One's in college at Western Michigan. And especially when they say to me, hey, Grandpa, what do I say to my friend whose name is John on Friday and comes to high school on Monday and his name now is Mary? What do I say? I say to you, say, hi. That's what I say. They know you're a Christian, and you don't know how the Lord will open up that person's heart to your heart and plant that seed of the gospel. It may take some time. I don't know. They may never want to hear what you have to say, but you must hear what they have to say. That's how we Christians work, is to listen, not to ignore, but to always stand steadfast and immovable, abounding in the works of the Lord that he has given us to do. That's why we're like this tree planted in the stream of water. That's why we are here. For indeed, we are in his family of his grace. As he took ordinary, this is interesting, he took ordinary bread and wine, ordinary stuff, and gave us his extraordinary, his body and his blood. And he took ordinary water, water, and pours it over our heads with his word that brings us into his family. And through these gifts of his grace, again, we are grafted to Jesus Christ, assuring you and me that in our struggles, that in our sufferings, that in all of the heartburn that we have in our life, that his grace continues to teach us that he is our refuge and our strength, the very present help during all of our times. With all the crazy stuff that goes on in this world, all around us, elective infanticide of abortion, the ongoing persecution and murder of Christians throughout the world, and even here in good old Archie Bunker, U.S. of A., when we're all trying, many people trying to stop the voice of God, you will never, never stop the voice of God from his word. And that's what we speak. We are more than conquerors, covered with the armor of God. For who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, scorning and shame, and now sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven. He took our garbage-filled lives, and he forgives us of all of our sins.
And he remembers them no more. For I, You know, we've had a lot of snow out here, and I like this snow, and the young kids like to play in the snow. Well, so do I. You know, snow angels and all those kinds of things. But the snow is a great reminder of God. Though your sins be as scarlet, I make them as white as snow. We have been grafted into Christ Jesus here at St. James. St. James isn't a, like a church waiting room for God to open the door and say, okay, y'all can come now. This is a community in Christ, as Pastor Miller has been sharing with you over and over again to be witnesses and to take care of those who are amongst us through prayer and more and more and more connection and more conversation about he who is the first of the resurrected. That's what it's all about, too. As Jeremiah writes, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. This is our story. This is our song. This is Jesus, who is trustworthy all the day long. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.